Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Speechifying to beat the band, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A podcast that wishes it had a twin podcast to play with. He sleeps with a pillow under his gun, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting, thrill-packed episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. It is the year 2024, but I'm still going to yak about the Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And that that's because I am a little behind uh, when it comes to um, uh, being caught up with my responsibilities. But uh, we are here to help you feel good and confident about your encounter with Medicare, but I have a book that's dated one year ago to talk to you about. So please, uh, you know, uh, spare me the, the, uh, invective when you say what's wrong with you, get that new book done. I'm, I'm going to set aside the time to do that as soon as I can. But in the meantime, I want to tell you a little bit about Medicare for the lazy man, 2023. You can acquire that by going to uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. You can purchase that book for a very reasonable price, and you'll find it chock full of all of the Medicare information that you're going to need to understand what you have to do, when you have to do it, and what the eventual outcome is likely to be. It still has my very valid recommendations and it still has my contact information so that you can send me an email and you and I can exchange some information. I'll show you what the cost of your uh, uh, your best options would be to purchase some additional Medicare supplement insurance and a drug plan and maybe some dental and vision insurance if you're so inclined. And using the knowledge in the book, which will make you a Medicare expert, and using the feedback that you get from me, you're going to find that Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 will fill your needs very, very nicely. And uh, someday I'll have the 2024 book out, and then I'll come back to you and I'll say, hey, you've already got the 2023 book. How about a, a companion piece? Uh, it'll look good on the shelf if it has a sibling so that you can uh, purchase the 2024 book and then go page by page and compare the changes, updates, and improvements that I added to the 2024 book. So Medicare for the Lazy Man, that's the title. The year uh, that you need is going to be the most recent year available. Right now, that's 2023, and someday soon it'll be 2024, and then before we know it, it's going to be 2025. Holy crap. Speaking of things, uh, holy crapola, uh, I have with me Randy Carson today. You may know him as the man who actually keeps this railroad train on the tracks. He uh, makes it sound much better than I could ever do, and I am always grateful for his advice and his uh, 
expertise. So, Randy, step up and take a bow, will you please? Well, thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. I really do. I'm so glad we are into the new year. I like, I, you know, you're going to think this is crazy, but I like writing the date 2024 better than I liked writing 2023. That's just crazy, Randy. That's just crazy. Why would you uh, feel, why would you, why would there be any difference at all, except the, for the fact you're going to be a year older? Well, I don't know. It just feels better when I write it. All right. Well, I'll go with that then. But if uh, you change your mind later on, uh, let me know, because frankly, I don't know that there's anything other than a little bit of frustration when I have to scribble out the three and add the four. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, so along the line of dates, did you hear before the end of the year, did you hear about the big rush for everybody to get married? No, I didn't hear that at all. One, two, three, one, two, three. Oh boy. December 31st, 2023. Now, now you numbers people, I'll tell you right now, I, (laughs) (laughs) I am not that attuned to the numbers, uh, numerology, I guess it is what it is. Now there are people who actually consider numerology to be sort of a religion and I've never, I've never, uh, followed that. And then of course you got your potheads who, uh, count on 420. Uh, and they see that number everywhere they go when it's 420 in the afternoon, they oh, yeah. feel like it's time to take a siesta or a smoke break. And, but other than that, numerology has not had much appeal to me. So I just don't travel in the circles where people keep me up to date on the numbers that are uh, meaningful to them. I, I was, I really wasn't thinking about it either, Doug, but I was surprised because my daughter, Brenna, uh, called us, we were talking, we were just visiting and she had mentioned that a couple friends of hers got married. And I thought, oh, wow, that was quick. And they said, and as it turned out, Doug, they wanted to get de- get it done on one, two, three, one, two, three. So they just went up to Vegas and did it to it. No kidding. Well, if I own a Elvis impersonator business or a, a wedding chapel, <laughs> then I suppose I'd have to anticipate that kind of thing and jack my rates up so I can maximize the profit potential. Yeah. Yeah, normally it's 25 bucks, people, but since it's uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, and this is only going to happen one time in, you know, your, you know, a century, if not more. Oh, well, certainly in our lifetimes, certainly in our lifetime, it's going to be $495. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you something. I've, uh, I've never, I've never uh, even thought about going someplace like Las Vegas to get married. Frankly, uh, I'm already married, so I don't even think about repeating the process. And uh, it's uh, not something that would have occurred to me. So if, and maybe I should watch the news, maybe I'd be told about this kind of stuff by the newscasters. But if there was a rush on Las Vegas wedding chapels, I wasn't aware of it. No. Well, there was. Uh, The other thing I was going to tell you, Doug, I don't watch I don't watch television either because I it, a lot of it uh, is absolutely the most boring content I've ever seen. And some of it goes the other way, as in it's disgusting to listen to. But other than that, uh-huh. uh, I, I was going to say I don't really listen to TV, but I, I do have a number of shows that I watch, one of which is 1953 cartoons. Oh, that, excellent. That seems to be, you know, right down my alley, Popeye and Donald the Duck and Mickey. Oh, speaking of Mickey Mouse. Yes. Did you this is a this is a real monumental thing. Disney because of the because of the age uh-huh. of uh, the original yeah. Mickey yeah. Mouse figure yeah. lost the copyright on the original Mickey Mouse on Steamboat Willie. Yeah. 
And that was a really primitive Mickey Mouse thing, too. Mickey Mouse got a lot more sophisticated as time went by. But that Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain. Yeah, I, I don't know what people are going to do to him. but And to your point, it, it really didn't have as much similarity between the current Mickey as you might think. But, I mean, you could tell it was Mickey, but it was a pretty, as you say, primitive, yeah. needing some improvement fleshing out here and there mickey sure and uh frankly uh, people back then maybe were more easily entertained than we are we're a little more jaded and we demand sophistication in our cartoon characters oh no well no no uh, you're you're teasing you're teasing aren't you doug well now you mentioned 1950s uh cartoons my favorites were always when i finally discovered them my favorite cartoons were always the um uh, Woody Woodpecker, the um, Bugs Bunny, uh, yeah. Yosemite Sam, all of those were the Warner Brothers. They were all the Warner yeah. Brothers cartoons. Yeah. Those were yeah. my my all time favorites to sit and stare at the TV screen with. One of the one of the cart, and I'll I'll probably uh, say we should move on. You know, as my nominal job of producer, yes. but yes. Uh, we could we could visit about 1950s cartoons or 1960s cartoons. But the one I really liked was the Jetsons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I was kind of moving uh, on with life. I didn't sit around and stare at the Jetsons from beginning to end when they were on. Um, I probably caught them on Saturday mornings because occasionally after a big Friday night, I would sit down and enjoy my favorite Saturday morning shows, which were the Globetrotters, the Disney, or not Disney, the uh, uh, Bill Cosby uh, characters, and the the Hudson Brothers, Razzmatazz. Uh, yep. show and uh, of course my favorite the banana splits i could sit yep. there with a hangover and just watch all that stuff and get, get, pretty soon saturday morning was gone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the jetsons uh, the jetsons fell in there someplace and of course now the jetsons are the butt of jokes uh, the fodder of jokes i guess with the yeah. uh, fly i want my flying car they promised me a flying car and i'm waiting I for know. it i know i know it's gonna come one of these days doug well, plus we've had this discussion before. Um, our each of our houses is equipped with robotic vacuums, yes. so it's just a, a small step from the robotic vacuum to the cleaning robot that uh, Mrs. Jetson had. Yeah, did all of her yeah. all of her chores for. Her. Yeah. Well, I had a real problem. I I replaced one of my one of my robots. I upgraded, over, uh-huh. you know, as, as a Christmas uh, series of events. Yep. And and the old robot wouldn't leave. I, I you know I tried to fire her. I tried to throw her in the garage. I tried to do everything, and she just would not leave. Well, I think I know the solution to that. All you have to do is write your congressman, who may be a Democrat, and say, "I want you to set up a welfare program, an unemployment program yes. for robots that are out of work." Yes, the robots will be happy to leave to go on welfare. Or I could send her to California. They're they're giving free in, free uh, health. Free health insurance and free health care to anybody that walks across the border that can breathe. Well, from the rest of the states, like Arizona, it looks like a one-way street out of California. I mean, the the refugees are lined up. Those are the employed people who want to work and improve their lives. They seem to be be exiting California, so your robot would have trouble getting in, I think. Well, then we could, we already, we already talked about the California brain drain, but we won't bring that up again. Well, I'm not smart enough to deal with the brain drain. Anyway, it makes my head hurt. 
So yeah, I think you're right. You um, alluded to the fact that we should get to work here. And so I'm going to do that right now, if it's okay. We're going to, we're going to try to do our job right for 2024, Doug. All right, we're, let's we're get gonna started. Stick right. We're going to stick right to. Uh, do you, have you got any new good jokes lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's there's a time killer right there. Uh, there my 2023 go. jokes are going to be retread, and uh, I'll there try you go. later in the year. Well, yeah, I will already. go ahead and mute myself out, and you can get after it. Well, our content curator uh, slapped me upside the head this morning with a uh, her her opinion that we should be uh, more. Uh, speedy with our content she said your episode time is growing longer and longer used to used to be 20 minutes an episode and now it's uh more like 40 minutes or 45 minutes i think i've only done that a couple of times and it is my fault and i'll take the responsibility but i think part of the problem is that we're finding more and more content that is interesting and deserves our attention I don't really like the idea that we have uh, uh, that we have to gloss over some things because of lack of time. And so then I find myself um, really concerned about uh, getting the message across. We have several messages. One is uh, that people should feel confident about Medicare, that they can deal with it with uh, without having to hire expensive um, Medicare advisors and so forth and so on. And uh, another is that there are some elements of Medicare that are problematic. And we warn people about some of the negative aspects about Medicare, such as Medicare Advantage plans. Now, here's an article I ran across just this morning. It's hot off the presses. There's, uh, it's about a lady in uh, the South someplace. I think I'll find her. Uh, she's in Statesville, North Carolina, and she has um, a problem with her health insurer. And there is a punchline at the end of this story that I'm going to get to. Uh, this woman has petitioned her health insurer uh, after the company had approved her treatment. She needs infusions for some sort of disease. And then it turned around and rejected her treatment. Now, she's not on Medicare. This company has a lot of Medicare business. And I have sold some of their Medicare products, their Medicare supplement products. But uh, this woman has a big problem, and her health insurance company is uh, causing her all kinds of difficulty getting the treatment that she says she needs. So uh, this is um, this starts out, woman petitions health insurer after company approves and then rejects her infusions. This uh, woman named Sally went through... Um, all kinds of steps to secure approval from her insurance company for the expensive monthly infusions that she needs. And uh, the uh, author here of the story thought that her story would have a happy ending. And that's because uh, they sent questions to her insurance company, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, and it retroactively approved $36,000 worth of treatments that she thought this lady thought she owed. Even better, she also learned that she would qualify for the same treatment, the infusions, moving forward. So that's good news all around, except that it didn't last very long. To recap, for more than a decade, this woman uh, who lives in North Carolina has suffered from an autoimmune disease, chronic pain and fatigue, as well as a condition called trigger, trigamanella, trigger, trigamanel neuralgia. I don't know, trigamanel. Um, neuralgia, which is marked by bouts of electric shock-like pain that's so intense 
It's commonly known as the suicide disease. She describes it as a pain that sends her to her knees. Uh, and this was last October. My entire family's life is controlled by the betrayal of my body. We haven't lived normally in 10 years. Uh, Sally Nix said that she went through prior authorization hell to secure approval from her insurance company for the expensive monthly infusion she needs to manage a pain disorder. So it felt like whiplash when she learned the approval was being withheld again. In September, she called out the insurer's tactics in a, an article on change.org. And she had a campaign that garnered more than 21,000 signatures. Late in 2022, uh, she started receiving intravenous immunoglobin infusions to treat her disease. She started walking two miles a day with her service dog. She could picture herself celebrating free from pain at her daughter's summer 2024 wedding. She said, I was so hopeful. But a few months after starting those infusions, she found out that her insurance company would not cover their cost anymore. So that's when she started raising cane about it on Instagram and Facebook. However, let's see, uh, prior authorization is the culprit here. The um, prior authorization was first uh, apparently given by the insurance company and then withheld. Prior authorization was conceived decades ago to rein in healthcare costs by eliminating duplicative and ineffective treatment. Not only does overtreatment waste billions of dollars every year, but doctors acknowledge it also potentially harms patients. However, critics worry that prior authorization has now become a way for health insurance companies to save money, sometimes the, at the expense of the patient's lives. Uh, this health news organization I'm reading from here has heard from hundreds of people in the past year regarding their prior authorization horror stories. When we first met this woman in question, this woman named uh, Sally Nix, she was battling her insurance company to regain authorization for her infusions. She had been forced to pause her treatments, unable to afford $13,000 out of pocket for each infusion. Finally, it seemed like after months of hard work had paid off, in July, she was told by the staff at both her doctor's office and her hospital that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois would allow her to restart treatment. Her balance was marked as paid, and it disappeared from the insurer's online portal. But the day after the uh, health news organization story was published, she said she learned that the message had changed. After restarting treatment, she received a letter from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois indicating that uh, her diagnosis didn't actually qualify her for the infusions. It felt like health insurance whiplash. Um, so a spokesman for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois said the company would not discuss individual patients' cases. Prior authorization is often a requirement for certain treatments, this uh, spokesman said. Uh, and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois administers benefits according to medical policy and the employer's benefit. Remember, this is not a Medicare situation. This is a, a woman's private health insurance, probably provided either by her employer or her husband's employer. And often the employer is able to specify what sorts of things the insurance company should pay for. And they're able to tell the insurance company not to pay for some other things. And they're able to include prior authorization uh, as part of their process of money saving step in the uh, health insurance procedures. So what they're saying here is that the employer probably set the groundwork 
for this dispute to occur. So anyway, in September, she called out her insurance company's tactics as uh, in a campaign that has garnered more than 21,000 signatures. She filed complaints against her insurance company with the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Labor, the Illinois Department of Insurance, and the Illinois Attorney General. Even so, she feels defeated. Not only is she still waiting for prior authorization to restart her immunoglobin infusions, but her insurance company recently required her to secure pre-approval for another treatment, routine numbing injections she has received for nearly 10 years to treat the nerve pain caused by this disease that she has. It is reprehensible what they're doing. They're not only doing it to me, um, she's now taking prescription opioids to ease her pain. They're doing it to other patients, and it's got to stop. So this is a prior authorization problem. That's what they're blaming uh, this for. And now Medicare does not really have a prior authorization procedure, but Medicare Advantage plans do. And you can't have Medicare with no prior authorization restrictions and Medicare Advantage at the same time. You've got to pick one or the other. And I try to warn people, don't pick Medicare Advantage because you're going to have some problems. And this is indicative of one type of problem that many Medicare Advantage people have when they start developing medical problems. Well, there was another article I ran across this morning, very short one. Cigna, a huge health insurance company, is peddling its Medicare Advantage business to other insurance companies. It wants to sell its Medicare Advantage plans. I don't know why exactly, because generally they're looked at as a cash cow. But Cigna is down to, uh, it's been trying to get bids from other insurance companies, and it's now down to talks with one other insurance company. And the numbers they're throwing around uh, as the acquisition cost, $3 billion to $4 billion to purchase Cigna's health, uh, health insurance business, specifically their Medicare Advantage plans that are in force right now and uh, the purchasing company appears to be the same one that's been raking this other woman over the coals blue cross blue shield of illinois so they have the three to four billion dollars it's going to take to purchase the cigna medicare advantage plans but they're having difficulty coughing up the uh, cost of this woman's pain treatment which admittedly is very expensive at about 13 grand a month but uh not outrageous for an insurance company to uh, to cover. So that is uh, that takes us a long way into our our podcast time. Uh, Randy's looking at the clock on the wall. And he's going, "My God, I can hear the ching ching of the cash register." We're running out of money for this episode, but I can't resist spending a little bit of our time tooting my own horn. I've got a client named Larry, and this guy has a problem. He takes Ozempic, or he wants to start taking Ozempic. I can't tell you which, but Larry and I concluded our uh, negotiations, our, our acquisition of his Medicare supplement plan and his drug plan from WellCare. Uh, that's a name that many of you will recognize. Uh, so we got all that done in 2023. So a couple of days ago, I heard from Larry and he said, I got a problem here. I am told that this this plan that I've got is going to uh, cost me something like $8,000 to get my drug covered, my Ozempic. And he said the reason I found this out was because I called WellCare and I wanted to find out what was going to happen if I started taking this drug on the first of the year. 
And so without answering him, I went to the government website and I followed the steps that I tell everybody that listens to this podcast and everybody that reads the book. I say, you can find your own best medical um, or uh, Medicare drug plan if you follow these simple steps. And so I did that and I found out that Larry's Ozempic uh, acquisition at the rate he's taking the drug is going to cost him in the neighborhood of $3,000 out of pocket for the balance of 2024, not 8,000. And he said, I keep getting told by these people that I'm going to have to pay $8,000. He said, I can't afford 8,000. He said, I'm, I can afford 3,000. Actually, it's like 3,300. I can afford that. And I'm happy to pay that. I'm not going to complain about that at all. But when they tell me that I'm going to have to pay $8,000 out of pocket just to get to the final part of the, the final phase of the drug coverage and uh, be out of the donut hole and um, I won't be draining my uh, personal expenses anymore. Uh, and I said, you know, I think they're misinforming you because I believe that $8,000 includes not only what you would pay out of your pocket, but what the drug plan uh, also pays as well as any discounts that the drug company might give you. I said, I think the $8,000 they're talking about includes all of that stuff. So he called up WellCare again. Now here, this is the point of the story. All of these drug plans are run on a shoestring and they all have farmed out many of their essential operations to foreign countries. These people in the foreign countries not only have difficulty with English in many cases, but they also have trouble with the concepts, the insurance concepts that we are bound by and that we have to operate under. So when some of these um, more esoteric uh, elements of the conversation uh, are brought up in a question from an insured person, these people can misinform them all day long, cause them great panic and stress, and there's no legal recourse Basically, he's calling a, a number. He's connected to somebody in a foreign country who doesn't really understand the process. This insurance company that runs the drug plan has subcontracted this function out to people who don't understand the product and don't understand the processes. And so I said, well, Larry, here again, I believe you're being misinformed as to the cost of your drug because, sure, it says it's going to cost 8000 but I believe that's the total uh, that you're going to owe with you and the drug plan and any discounts. I don't think you are going to have to dig that deep into your own pocket. But he was panic-stricken, and he called him back to try to clarify what I told him. Of course, these people were not capable of the nuanced response that I was hoping he would get. Then I gave him the name and number of a pharmacist expert that I happen to have. I happen to know who this person is. And uh, I said, call this person. You're probably going to have to pay a fee for her expertise, but at least it may help you get the exact um, information that you need. And so then he said, well, okay, now he's thinking to himself, do I pay a fee to somebody or do I try one more time with my own insurance company? And so he said, I got an email from him this morning. He was ecstatic. He said, wow, you are correct, sir. Here's what happened. He called again. He was Mr. Persistent, so he called WellCare again. This time, he got an American who was located in Texas instead of getting one of his um, offshore uh, subcontractors who don't really know much about the product or the process. And this person 
told him exactly what I had been telling him. Uh, the way it's described can be a little confusing, but when you are um, in the donut hole and you're going to move to the catastrophic coverage stage of a drug plan because you have an expensive drug you've been taking, uh, when you or those paying on your behalf have spent a total of $8,000 in out-of-pocket costs with the calendar year or within that calendar year, you will move from the coverage gap stage to the catastrophic coverage stage where the plan will pay 100% of your drug plan, your drug needs for the rest of the year. So he said, I wasn't listening carefully enough, but uh, Doug, your information was exactly correct. And I am really pleased with the plan you selected for me. And I'm pleased that I don't have to dig into my pocket to the tune of $8,000 to pay for my drug costs. So it's, it's a small point and it had him, it wrecked a couple of days of his life until we were able to get the exact information for him. So I'm happy that he's happy and you're going to be happy if you have the same kind of similar problem taking hugely expensive drugs to understand that there is a cap on what you're going to be asked to pay. Now, of course, that represents a cost for everybody else as a taxpayer. Uh, some of these things I don't think are as as uh, well designed as they could be, but uh, at least you can get a more accurate, with persistence, you can get a more accurate picture of what's going to happen with your um, drug plan if you are stuck taking these out of uh, these huge drugs like Ozempic. To finish off our our little uh, party today, I wanted to find something a little shorter, and uh, the best I can do right now is another slam on Medicare Advantage plans. I'm sorry if it's boring to you people, but it is. Uh, these things grow on trees, and this is another warning in an article that I ran across. Uh, the headline is Medicare Advantage plans can deny payment for out-of-network treatment even after the fact. Now, this would be Medicare Advantage PPO plans. The uh, thing they tell people is, uh, yeah, Medicare Advantage HMO plans won't pay anything if you seek regular treatment, not emergency treatment, but regular treatment out of the network. Uh, emergency treatment theoretically is going to be paid for wherever it occurs. But if you are going to a doctor uh, and you could have gone to a network physician to get the same thing treated, then a Medicare HMO uh, Advantage plan is not going to pay the freight for that. However, a Medicare Advantage PPO says that you can go out of network and they will pay something towards the cost of that treatment. And they peddle these plans on that whole premise that you're going to get some coverage if you're outside their very, sometimes very restrictive networks. So this article says that's not always true. Your Medicare Advantage PPO plan can stick it to you. And I'm going to try to just concentrate on the elements that the uh, content curator uh, has uh, highlighted, uh, but I can't resist going back to the beginning. Medicare Advantage PPO plans have the power to deny your Medicare health care services retroactively. Medicare Advantage PPO, which stands for Preferred Provider Organization, uh, these plans give members flexibility to choose physicians so they have coverage when wherever they go in the United States or its territories, even though non-contracted physicians don't have to see every member, except in emergencies, and out-of-network services can cost more. PPO plans are a popular option, making up over 40% of Medicare Advantage plans. 
As with just about every Medicare Advantage plan, PPO plans can require prior authorization. We just heard about the pitfalls of prior authorization earlier in this podcast episode. So you don't need prior authorization, theoretically, when you receive services from an out-of-network provider. Given that 99% of Medicare Advantage members are in plans that require authorization, this could be an amazing benefit. But is it really? Remember the old adage, if something seems to be too good to be true, it might be too good to be true. You don't need to get a referral or prior authorization when you get care from out-of-network providers. Let's see. I reached, I researched evidence of coverage documents from four of the biggest Medicare Advantage companies, and I found this paragraph almost word for word in all of them. You don't need to get a referral or prior authorization when you get care from out-of-network providers. However, before getting services from out-of-network providers, you may want to ask for a pre-visit coverage decision to confirm that the services you're getting are covered and are medically necessary. This is important. Now, this remember, this is a paragraph in the documents that these insurance companies give to their Medicare Advantage clients. Uh, getting the pre-visit coverage decision is important because without a pre-visit coverage decision, if we later determine that services are not covered or were not medically necessary, we may deny coverage and you will be responsible for the entire cost. Now, that's what the insurance companies, these Medicare Advantage PPO insurance plans tell their clients. PPO plan members need to understand the significance of those 85 words or they could end up with some very big medical bills. Here are the important points. One, there is no prior authorization requirement for out-of-network services. Given that physicians and their staff spend on the average 14 hours each week completing prior authorizations, they'll be relieved not to have to do another one. Point number two, even though there is no requirement, the plan says you may want to ask for a pre-visit coverage decision. Point number three, without that decision, the plan can later deny, uh, uh, can later determine that the services were not covered and were not medically necessary. Point number four, in that case, the plan will deny the care and you will be stuck with the bill. So it may be best for you to change a few words in one sentence in that paragraph. However, before getting services from an out-of-network provider, you should ask for a pre-visit coverage decision to confirm that the services you are getting are covered and are medically necessary. <clears throat> and this article goes on to say that may not be the easiest thing to do. The evidence of coverage does not provide any details about this decision or how to go about asking for one. The results of an internet search of the word pre or excuse me the term pre visit coverage decision focused on pre coverage determinations for healthcare providers not for clients that are contemplating going to a doctor to get some treatment so here are some tips to avoid retroactive denials whenever possible get necessary medical care from an in network provider prior authorization is generally the provider's responsibility Examine your plan's evidence of coverage for information about prior authorization for out-of-network services. Check the member's resources on your plan's website for any information regarding authorization of out-of-network care. I found only information about providers submitting authorization requests and authorization forms for personal representatives and the like. That's the author talking, not me. 
Ask a plan representative about a pre-visit coverage decision if you're about to receive services from an out-of-network provider. Find out what information you need. Find out if your uh, physician or provider's role, uh, find out what it is in this process, and find out how to submit it. You have to ask your plan, your Medicare Advantage PPO plan, how to deal with the uh, uh, pre-visit uh, report that the doctor will provide. Uh, you have to ask how the plan will communicate that services are covered and medically necessary. How will your plan confirm to you that this treatment is okay for you to get out of network? You have to find out the time frame, how soon before services are provided, how long will it take to make the coverage decision, and your options, including filing an appeal if the plan determine, uh, determines it won't cover the care. Many Medicare beneficiaries love their PPO plans but and they're talking about many Medicare Advantage members love their PPO plans. But remember, there are two ways a plan can stick it to you if you're seeing out-of-network providers. The services can cost more, which is more likely, and you could end up with the whole bill. So pay attention and be proactive in determining what you need to do. So that's uh, one cautionary tale about Medicare Advantage PPO plans. They are not the panacea that a lot of them are trying to tell you they are. Randy, I probably burned up a lot more time than I intended to, but I thought that was important stuff to get out. I think we used up our 75 cents. And then some. And then some. But it's important stuff. You got to anytime... Anytime that you're explaining the realities behind Medicare Advantage scams, I think it's a good deal. Well, I, I like the way you snuck that in there. One of your creative terms. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I, I can use a couple more. There's, uh, oh, oh, Medicrap. Oh, Medicrap. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. other one. That's one of my favorites. That's <laughs> definitely a good one. So anyway, we need to close up shop here and, uh, you know, put our tent stakes back in the car. But before we do, Doug said early in the episode, you can reach out to him. And here's how you do it, folks. Reach out to Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. That's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. And you're traveling through the world, we would appreciate it if you would find a way to drop a couple reviews on us. Uh, you know, ultimately, any of the content that we produce, the books, the podcast, the website, anywhere you can drop a review and, uh, you know, let it be known that we do some pretty good content, if I do say so myself, we would certainly appreciate it. Last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. We have a lot more fun with you than we do without you. And especially this year in 2024, we would want to have you right where you're at today, listening to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And if you haven't checked your watch, we have spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He lives up in the high mountain ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And I'm just raising him up that mountain slowly as we move because I don't want him to pass out. But today, his uh, his castle or fortress of solitude, whichever he wants to refer to it as, is sitting at about 12,700 feet. I'm going to call it a castle. 
today. I like that term better. And uh, 12,700 feet is not my idea of uh, uh, an ideal elevation, but I'll take it because Randy knows what's best for all of us. So uh, with that, I'm going to say thank you for joining us, everybody. And please come back for our next episode. Bye-bye. 